Thank you for listening to the Wannabes 1v1 series, where Wasabi and myself, JD, talk to some of our favorite players, commentators, or content creators in the Melee community. If you support us, give us a follow on Twitter at SSB underscore wannabes with one E. There you'll find links to our Discord, our YouTube videos, as well as getting notified on whenever the new episode is up. Anyways, enjoy the show. Not often do I get to do this 1v1 series with a friend, and even less often than that do I get to do this with one of my original homies, someone who I met within two years of even starting, someone who I felt is such a good competitor from the moment I met him and has continued on to his path to just be a fucking sick player in every major everyone knows him at this point and if you haven't it's just gonna take one win this is the swooper the best purple samus <laughs> <laughs> that's not duck um swoops how are you man i'm doing uh i'm doing well uh just a little bit quiet starting off because I'm preparing my chat and such. But uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We we actually really do go back, don't we? Like mm-hmm. Hitbox Arena, mm-hmm. that's like a throwback. Like if you think about it, like for to like if anybody just sees the venue or like who has ever been there, it's just kind of like it feels like whatever, right? But it's kind of like a legendary venue if you really think about it. There's a lot of a lot of talent that came from that little area, like. Uh, not just like like you're really good, uh, and not just me, but players like maybe Two Saint, mm-hmm. J Flex, yep, like just players like that, Etai, like they all started at HBA. Flex probably had his his startings like at other tournaments before HBA, but he was still there from start to finish for all of HBA. Yeah, had like hidden ta- hidden bosses, hidden talent like Guava, Corn. Uh, who used to play there almost every week when I first started. They were a lot better than me when they, when I first started. Uh, I'm really trying hard to think. I don't want to miss people out. Well, there's well, also all of the PM players, like Switch yeah. and ABD and Zubat. Um, oh my god, Zubat was good. Yeah, dude. Like, that whole... Fun. That venue was literally where I really started, like, the grind. Because it was a half hour away from my house, and it was right when I, like, got home after my first year of, like learning how to play so yeah i was pretty much learning like pm and melee simultaneously and um it was kind of like uh the swarming grounds a little bit yeah of, for sure. of just people like getting their feet wet and yeah starting to starting to really take the game seriously so that's where we met we were i think was i a fox main at that point you were definitely a fox main at that point okay. from what i remember because I remember going Sheik against your Samus, and then you counterpicked Sheik on me, and then beat me in the ditto. I specifically oh God, remember that, that. Long ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, this was a long ass time ago. So that was like when we met, and um, I've always felt like we've just been like within arm's reach of each other skill wise, like to this day. You know what I mean? Like it's always so fun catching up with you and just like getting our games in. Um, and it's really cool, like, it's a very specific feeling 
of just knowing where people have been and then knowing that you've seen me when I was much, much worse and vice yeah, versa. Dude. I've seen a lot of people when they were much, much worse, which is like really like uh, uh, I'm trying to find the words for it. Like, I don't know if it's humbling or just like inspiring to like see these other underdogs like get really, really good. And like you kind of watch that like, you know, you like learn to respect the competition, right? Like you're not the only one who is like trying super hard. Yeah, good. Like, there's all these other people, like, constantly, like, you know, like, just sacrificing so much to get to where they are. Like, you remember Kilmer, maybe literally, like, it's not even so much that he didn't always have the money because he had a job and stuff. He just would go to so many events that, like, he would waste so much money. He would often, like, not even, like, he would skip meals and stuff. And if he didn't win and came up short, like, he would just accept it as it was. Like, so many people would just do stuff, not exactly like that to that extreme but similar like sacrifices to the point where like you know you gotta respect it right mm -hmm. i feel like that unless like you have like uh, an ego of some sort you just kind of like no i deserve to be better than everyone because i actually sacrifice more but in some ways by uh understanding that you're not the only one like just yeah, you know, I'm repeating myself, but, like, sacrificing so much. To understand that you're not the only one doing that. Yeah. Kind of, like, puts you at this humble mindset where you can play your best more often than not because you don't feel like the p person that you're playing is below you or anything like that. Like, they are your true equal. Yeah. And uh, you just pick the character on the screen and you have the same exact pretty much the same choices to win like you could just play the same character you could play someone else and you just play by the rules and then that's pretty much like how it all goes down yeah it's literally man. just uh i was talking about this with relic a little bit just uh we were talking on facebook uh if you remember relic he's a falco player from hp uh oh yeah me and relic are close uh, yeah, yeah yeah uh we were talking because i think he was just like a little a little short on cash going you know but he like sacrificed what he could to get to shine and, uh, you know, I remember doing that a lot all the time just to like, like we literally just were all we have is the clothes on our back, a controller and the dream. And that's literally it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you hit on a bunch of topics that I kind of want to go one by one. Um, and first, I want to talk about probably the one thing I wanted to, to start off with was was shine, your experience in shine. But before that. Um, I want to kind of take a look at like the long arc of how we got to where we are. You, you mentioned it before, like you see these people, and you see where they've come from, um, where they've what they've sacrificed, and all that. Uh, for me, it's so interesting how my perspective has changed the more years I've got under my belt uh, when it comes to comparing myself to other people. Um, I find that when I see someone like really grinding, really in the game, at one point that all can kind of be taken away if they burn out and stop playing for a few months and then have yeah. to come back into the scene. Yeah, I know exactly what that's like. Yeah, so so what's your experience with, like, the macro game of improving over a long period of time? Because you've been in this for a, for, for a while, and you've yeah. definitely got the gains. So what, what's your experience with that? Honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, time flies, and I don't even notice it. Like, it's already almost going to be 2020. Decent chance I make top 100, and I don't even, like... I don't even, I just kind of, like, keep doing what I kept doing. Like, I've been doing this, like you mentioned before, since, like, when I first started traveling in, like, 2017, 2016. I think, like, uh, 
if you remember one of the first tournaments, one of my first majors, and also Two Saints' first major was CEO Dreamland. Mm-hmm. And I always bring that up when this topic comes into, you know, just into play, because, like, if you really think about it, it's a little insane. We took a bus to Florida, and <laughs> that sucked. It was, like, not great. But it's a legendary tale because, like, it kind of shows, like, how much how much bullshit you're willing to put yourself through, not even just to, like, get better, but just to, like, see something new. Because at the time, we really didn't have that out-world exposure that, like... It's like we knew Tri-State was good. We knew everyone around us was really good. But we didn't know how good the world was. Yeah. And we kind of just wanted to see how we stacked up against everybody. Tucson, obviously, at the time, was a lot better than me. Uh, we teamed, and I think we did... Okay. That was, like, our first time teaming ever at a major. And then our second time, fun fact, was at Shine. And I think our first time teaming... Uh, the Shine that happened this weekend, so 2019. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so I think our first major teaming, we got, like, 17. And then our second major teaming, we got 7th. So we Damn. actually made top 8 in team, so that's cool. And uh, I don't want to get too off-topic, because I want to answer your question as to, like, how do you, you know keep doing it, right? And my answer is you just kind of... You don't even, like, you don't even, like, notice that it's happening. You kind of just keep moving forward and accept your losses because there will be a lot of losses, whether they're money, time, or not going to lie, sometimes your health. I remember, like, at CEO Dreamland, uh, I couldn't warm up Tucson as best as I wanted to because, like, for hugs at the time, because I genuinely was feeling really sick. Like, I don't know how Tucson managed to stay healthy because, like, I was feeling super sick. Feeling a lot better on the way back home, but uh, yeah, no, you sacrifice so much, and then like, it'll randomly hit you, like, three or four months down the line. Let's say, after traveling so much, you're kind of like, damn, I really did spend all that money. I really did all do all this. And I really did all of that, just to kind of, just to kind of level up just a little bit, even if the experience is just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You kind of look at it as like, is it really worth it? And then sometimes, not always, if let's say your definition of worth it is something like money, it's like we didn't really make a, t- a bunch of money or anything, but uh, we got the experience that some other people would probably just never, even like in a lifetime of anything competitive, like they would like receive like in a similar fashion, if that makes any sense. Because oh, like, yeah. when you like land like after literally being in a bus for like 30 or 40 hours, first thing you want to do is learn. The first thing you want to do is play someone new. The first thing you want to do is talk to new people. You're excited to be in this area that you've never been around Florida. I've literally never been to Florida. You get a chance to play these new players. You get a chance to like talk to top players who like at the time, like they were like, they're just these like untouchable beings. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like we just would play our PR players and, we would play, like, DJ Nintendo or something, and, like, damn, that guy was so hard to, like, just even take a stock off or something. And then it's, like, imagine what, like, playing someone like Mewtwo King is like or something, which I actually got to do a lot that weekend at CEO Dreamland. Uh, I played Mewtwo King for, I want to say, at least two to three hours in friendlies at CEO Dreamland. He was just, like, on a rotation with, like, four people, and he would body, like, he would just absolutely destroy the other two kids. And... When I see that, like, sometimes, like, at the time, I also felt like they were just kind of fanboys or something. Like, they're not even there to get better. They're just kind of, like, there because, oh, my God, it's Mewtwo King. Like, I just have to play him. Mm -hmm. So, 
people would walk in and out of the rotation, and I was the only one who stayed there. And I just sat there. And Mewtwo King, I think I almost took a friendly off of him. This was, like, literally three years ago, so I was, like, way worse. And, like, I was the only one not getting super-duper force-docked. And, like, I didn't really do it for attention. I didn't do it because I wanted to prove that I could do it. I just did it for the practice. And I was just content with sitting there, accepting myself, like, getting bodied and all that. And I think I remember asking Mewtwo King something along the lines of, like, how do you not get nervous, like, like traveling so much, like, it's I feel I feel like I came from super far away and I sacrificed a lot to get here. I think I told him about the bus. Don't remember his exact answers, but I think he thought it was like really funny. He was like, Yeah, that's pretty crazy that you did that. And then he like uh one of those things that like at least for the for the rest of the year, for the rest of the for like that time, it kinda like I always remembered it. He was like and like he just said it so straightforward. He was kinda just like, Yeah, there's really no you know, it's just like another tournament, right? No, there's just no reason to, like, really be nervous because they all matter. And I'm just like, yeah, but we're so far away from home or something. And he's just like, yeah, that just doesn't matter, like, at all. It's just something that, like, you trick yourself into, like, I'm trying to remember the words exactly. But it was pretty much like, it was just something that you trick yourself into, like, being nervous. Like, you don't have to be, like, if that makes any sense. He kind of just said it one swift response as if, like, he just knew exactly how I felt. And I was like, huh, you're right. Like... This really doesn't, it really is just another event that I want to do well at. And so, an experience like that is just something that, like, I feel like not just anybody would, like, get from, like, their local tournaments or something. So, I can at least say for certain that I got what I what I went there for, that tournament, CEO Dreamland. Like, I got everything from that event in spades. I got all the experience I wanted. I got to hang out a lot. I remember that was, I think, my first time hanging out with Duck. And uh, I want to say Axe, but I'm not too sure. I remember we had dinner. It was me, Duck, Nintendo. I think. No, it was Rishi and Big Kid. And, uh, you know, it was just definitely like a surreal moment, right? Like just getting to meet these top players for the first time and talking to them. And uh, these were really cool, really nice, friendly top players. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about can't speak for every single top player but i can say for certain that nintendo richie duck i really want to say axe was there but i can't remember for sure they were they were just treating me like 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 we were equals you know like hmm. probably sounds silly but uh i remember at the time uh two saint felt super duper like insecure talking or playing with some of the top players he felt like he you know, like maybe was wasting their time or something. You know, you always feel that when some you feel someone's super above you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember just kind of telling him, like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, just literally just play the game. Like, uh, you're really good. And uh, they think you're really good. So they're interested to play you because I feel like no matter what level, top players just, they like new faces. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so that's something I always, uh, that's a tournament I always keep to, like, really close and uh, near and dear because, like, that really was not just my first time going somewhere super far, but, good lord, I sacri- would sacrifice so much. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a, a pretty good theme of kind of your career. Um, what you've, you know, I, I definitely follow you, and, and you're one of my close buddies, and we keep in touch. Um often and and one of the things i've noticed is that 
um, you have a real dedication uh, past the time commitment, past the money, but I think that you are emotionally committed um, in a way that is um, somewhat rare. And I say that fully as a compliment. Um, you're a player that I feel that when you are on and you've gotten to the point where when you need to turn it on, you really can, um, you're able to access this level of intensity that um, is probably one of the most important features of a top player. And that makes me really excited to watch. I remember the first time I saw that and I couldn't tell you who you were playing. I think it was some like good mid-level Fox player or something. Um, I say mid-level, like a good Fox player mm -hmm. at Shine 2017 or something. And maybe it was Mike Hayes. Was it Mike Hayes? Did you play Mike Hayes? Shine at... 2017? I actually remember playing Tiramisu in, in bracket in Shine 2017 or 18. I think it was definitely 17. I think that was like my second or first year of traveling. I No, was it 16 or 17? Oh, I don't know. It was, I don't remember it... for sure, but I definitely remember playing Tiramisu in, at one of the Shines. And I definitely remember, uh, I had heard that he was really good, and I just did my best. And, like, I think that was, like, one of, like, the baby moments of, like, uh, of, like, really understanding how to play, like, uh, kind of, like, at this new level. I talked about it with you when we were at the restaurant, right? It's just kind of, yeah. like, this this kind of hidden level. There, it was always at its baby stage, and I think my first time ever actually like unlocking it like for real uh was when i played cactuar at the last genesis 2018 genesis that was my first genesis ever and i believe it was the losers bracket actually okay. i had lost to chuda and winners it was like an okay set i think uh evo's a 2-0 and they were both last stock scenarios and uh i felt that i could have done it and uh you know it's whatever and then i had to play cactuar and like I was like to myself, like, this is for like 97th or something. And like, I didn't really care about that really, but I'm just like, this is a major. This is what it's like to be here with the top talent. Like if I beat Cactuar, if let's say I wanted to make top 64 or something like that, I would have to be like after him, like Kells and then KGH and then someone else crazy. And then I'm just like, wow, uh, that's pretty nuts. Well, I'm just going to turn on my favorite song. And I'm just going to do my best. And, like, I think if Cactuar remembers at all, I think he could tell you even that, like, I was, like, on something else. I had never played that good ever. And I thought I had just did okay. But I'm pretty sure it was, like, a best of five or best of three. And it either went to game five or game three. I generally don't remember, but I know that I got a game off him. And I remember after our set that Cactuar either 3-0'd Kells or 3-0'd KGH or something right after me. And then I remember looking at that and I was like, wow. I was the only person in his path to get a game off him until he inevitably got, you know, knocked out by, like, whatever crazy player he had to run into. And, like, uh, when you see something like that, it's one of those things that, like, no one else really notices unless they really pay attention because who's really out there looking for the swooper results, right? Mm -hmm. Not just anybody. Probably try say homies and all that. And uh, I remember briefly talking about it a little bit with uh, Curb, Aaron, and uh, Ryobeat. I think I was just telling them, like, yeah, I had never, like, uh, really experienced that before. I was just in super control 
of my character. I wasn't nervous. And I was just kind of like doing everything a lot faster as if kind of as if I'd done them before, but I never really have done it before. And it's super interesting to have experienced that for the first time because then you don't know when it's going to happen again. And it didn't happen again until this year. Uh, not my banana set. I thought I played well during that set, but, you know, I was not playing nearly as good as when I played versus Kells. That's the second time it happened. When I played versus Kells, that went to game five last talk. That was all all recorded. So you can feel it in the air, too. You can feel the chants. You can feel the yelling. I'm supposed to be wearing soundproof headphones, and I could hear a lot of the shit that people were saying. I could hear a lot of the micro things, like, because I had just lost to Michael. I remember hearing some guy saying, oh, he's about to get double eliminated by uh, Chicago or something. Or, like, F this guy up, Kelly. You know, all this stuff, whatever, right? And that, should, that would usually probably rattle most people. And uh, for the most part, I was there alone. And when I say alone, I mean, like, Tri-State wasn't really there. I had one of my uh, good uh, Samus friends from Chicago Casual. He was backing me up. Uh, and uh, Morse Code. That was actually my first tournament meeting Morse Code. So, like... And Pleasantries. Those were the three voices I heard mostly. Pretty sure Corncob King was there as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, a great tag. He's a Falco player. I think he's from Illinois, if I remember the state correctly. But we hang out a lot. He's a good buddy of mine. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just those four people cheering for me. And usually, I don't let the crowd get to me. It's not so much that I was getting upset. I was just like actually just a little nervous that I didn't have as many friends around me. But then I would hear, I would like get like a crazy combo, and then I think Morse code in the background. I just heard him like freak out, and I was just like, "That's that somehow just helped me play better." Like having support, even though it's one of those things that you're supposed to kind of just phase out. But in that yeah. moment, I could really feel it in the air. Like I had friends who really wanted me to win, and I had these other people who didn't want me to win because they wanted their friend to win. So this was a true competition, right? at its highest level. Like, I thought Kells was playing pretty, playing pretty well. I thought I was playing pretty well for that level and how far we were in bracket. And the reason I say that is because you're going to mess up. You're going to be a little bit nervous. You can't be perfect when it's that deep unless you're just that much more amazing than the other person. And I find that no matter how good you get, even, like, Armada level, like, you're still going to mess up even, like, once. It'll be a little less common. It won't be as... It'll be a rarer, but it's still there. Like, I remember uh, Kells doing some, like, silly things, and then randomly he'll do something amazing, like, incredible. I'm just like, wow. I really, like, have never seen anyone do that before. Like, this is what it's like to play Kells. Like, this is uh, what it's like to play someone who is considered to be one of the best, like, of all time, like, in his area, like, in the top 100 or whatever. These are just the thoughts that are running through, through my mind as I play him. Kind of like, this is like true competition. And then those thoughts and that aspect just like kind of makes me play better because it's like, this is what I came here for. Like, no matter how like you look at it, you could, let's say, drop a game to someone earlier that set and think to yourself, man, Sheik is dumb, this or that. This matchup's annoying, that matchup is hard, I'm this is lame, this is that. But like, when you're able to zone it all out, and just play purely based off of, like, just the fire to compete. That's when you can truly play at your best. Nothing is bothering you. 
nothing is holding you back. You're not thinking to yourself, what if I lose? This matchup is bad. I don't like this stage. None of that is relevant. You're just moving forward. And it's just kind of like this entity controlling you. And you don't know how it like works. You don't choose to understand how it works because that's a waste of time. You're just kind of naturally moving forward based on what you have learned and experienced up to up to that point. And uh, when you when all of that, it's kind of just like a recipe for playing super well. You kind of just like like get there and then it happens and you don't understand where it came from but understanding that it was an accumulation of all of your work uh experiences and sacrifices mm-hmm. uh it's pretty much just like it equates to like just really good melee in my opinion the best yeah. melee you could possibly have Oh, yeah. And that's actually one of the main things I try to kind of unlock. Um, and it seems almost ironic, like, trying to uh, intellectually find that place. It's not really an intellectual zone. You can't you can't really, like, just think about it so much that you're able to, you know, get into this state of mind, this flow yeah. state. Um, it, it's not how it works. But I do think that there's some mental preparation um, that can go into you know, being a competitor and being in that mindset. Uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier um, that's, like, totally a part of it and something I'm not even going to spend too much time on um, It's just, mm-hmm. like, health, like, taking care of yourself. Yeah. Like, physiologically. Um, that's kind of a... Uh, that's become kind of mainstream, which I think is really cool. That, yeah. um, obviously, like, there's still the, the smashers that'll get four hours of sleep and, mm-hmm. you know, not eat breakfast. But when it comes to competitors, that's become really like you know very commonplace yeah yeah. but but in terms of getting into that state of mind um i'm still struggling to get to that point consistently like the two majors i went to just this month you know smash con and shine smash con i felt like i was able to get in that zone um but then it kind of slipped away from me um and the matches that I lost and same thing at shine where for whatever reason, I just was not able to click into that state of mind. So yeah. I, I, I'm wondering where you're at in terms of preparation and yeah, yeah. Um, is there any, is there anything that you make sure to do um, before a tournament that helps yeah. you like ease into that state of mind? So I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, and like, it's definitely different for everybody. And uh, as I've gotten close, so like I said, I think I can only recount three times where I've really, truly reached this state of playing absolutely my best, right? And uh, you got to think that I definitely can't be the only one to have achieved this, right? Makes sense. You got players like Mango, Mewtwo King running around. You got these amazing players running around for years who've definitely probably unlocked this state. And then uh, I've definitely, like, not concrete, like, like a concrete answer as to how I believe they do it. But it's like, it's like I said, so it's different for everybody. I'm just going to take Mango, for example. Uh, let's say back then or something uh, didn't, let's say, I, I, for the most part, I see him wear headphones. But let's just say, for example, he's at a tournament where he doesn't have headphones. 
And, you know, people say a lot, like, Mango plays best when he's in the loser's bracket or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then just that, just that, having that in the air. And it sounds silly. It sounds like a meme at this point. But just having that in the air. Like, let's say for Mango specifically. This is him specifically. Because it could be different for everybody. Just that thought. I'm in the loser's bracket. If I play my next match and don't win, I'm eliminated. So just that thought running around. That could be enough to trigger it, right? And then I remember watching trailers of the new documentary. And they were saying... And I remember Tove saying something like... uh, Either Tove or Scar. I think it was Scar. He was like, uh, when everyone's watching him and it matters the most, that's his comfort zone. And it doesn't make sense. Like, that's just not usually anyone's comfort zone. That's, like, actually where everyone else gets really nervous. And, like, uh, that's where they freak out. But for him, for some reason, in that moment, that's where he unlocks his flow state. And it could be for a number of reasons. Let's say the crowd low-key hypes him up. Or the thought of actually getting eliminated is enough to light a fire in him and uh for me personally uh i would say that i definitely play a lot better when i'm about to be eliminated like i try to do my best in winner's bracket but to this day i've never unlocked that flow state during winner's bracket Mm. it's always loser's bracket so i think that's interesting to note that i've never unlocked this flow state Three times I can think of I unlocked his flow state. Cactuar Genesis, Kells at Smash and Splash, Schlocks at Shine. All three times we're in Losers. And put on this song that I honestly probably won't play it for the stream, but I can tell you where I got it from. If you remember, uh, Homemade Waffles used to post a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, like, videos, like, like advertisements or like in prepare in preparation for events so like his apex 2015 video or something like that i might play it just for a brief bit just for a little bit because <laughs> most most people might know what it is actually i actually like love this and whenever i'm like not feeling melee uh i watch that video it's kind of it's like a really old one let me see let me see let me see And uh, I remember playing this, like, I let it accidentally leak out, like, like I, my headphone wasn't in yet. And then I remember Nico uh, Ryobeat being like, oh, dude, I know that song. That's from, like, the, the like, uh, the Apex 2015 trailer or something, right? Yeah, dude, that's, like, one of my favorite Melee Cup videos ever. And it plays this song that, for me, in that moment, watching that video, you truly feel not just, like, Melee, like how cool the game can be played, but you feel competition in the air. You feel like you're watching, like, it's just like a clip of Hungrybox versus Armada while he was just, while he was using Young Link. And it's literally at three seconds on the clock. Literally three seconds. And I think uh, Hungrybox wins the timeout by a single percent. Mm-hmm. A single percent. Like, could you imagine that? Like, at the time when, like, traveling and stuff was, like, even harder to do. And, like, you win by a single percent. I didn't know if it was game five or four or whatever. But just having that music at that exact moment just kind of puts you in the zone. Like, fuck yeah, let's go, Hungry Box. Like, it probably sucks for Armada. And at the time, let's say maybe not everyone liked watching Puff. But for just that moment, you understand competition. You understand what it's like to work 
super hard and just barely, barely making it like that, like, that for me is, like, how I unlock my flow state, where I feel my back is against the wall, and uh, it's now or never. Uh, I remember, I can definitely remember so many times in winners where, like, not even trying to be lazy, it just, you know, I just don't feel it as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're in losers, and then it all—it always hits me in losers bracket. It's kind of like, well, you know, you made it this far. Do you really think you have what it takes to be top 100? Do you really think you have what it takes to beat this player next to you? Do you really think you have what it takes to not crack under pressure? Well, I don't feel like answering any of that. I'm just gonna turn on this song, and then just let just let my gameplay do the talking <laughs> for me. Wait, so you ask yourself those questions and then you don't answer them. It's not so much that I don't answer them because I want to prove to myself that I can answer those questions. But I feel like it's just like I'm trying to find the words to explain it. I, just, I don't really like want to overcomplicate it for myself. You want to keep it simple, but melee is like the most complicated thing ever. Like, mm-hmm. And then try not to be nervous. So it's like all these real, all these questions that these are questions that would make me nervous on the surface, right? Like if someone asked you, like, oh, you know, are you nervous to play this guy or that, right? These questions make me nervous on on the surface world, but then inside, I take it all and I kind of just, just kind of just move forward. I have the flow state, as we had mentioned before. Yeah, and I, yeah, that that's. That's a good way of putting it, because when we try to articulate melee, it always has to be simplified, because it's it just outreaches every, you know, ability of the of English to actually, like, understand it. But I'm going to try to to <laughs> to get into that, yeah. because it's so it's so fascinating to me. Like, when I look at you as a player, I'm curious sometimes... Um, how how you feel kind of about yourself like how you feel about your journey Mm -hmm. um so i guess like simply put do you feel confident like do you think that you can you can really make it as a top player yeah um so basically it's uh i think being humble is like just the best attribute to have for like as a part of the answer to this question Mm -hmm. because like if you let yourself think that you're like i feel like that was like a thing back then because not everyone was super sick but now we're in an era where you could just bump into not even number one of a region and they're still super amazing yeah so you have to expect the unexpected basically at any moment, you can play someone super good and you have no idea who they are, or you might know who they are, and you were just telling yourself, but I'm amazing, you know, but I'm this, I'm that. You don't want to, like, tell yourself something like, oh, I absolutely think I'm top 50 in the world. I just don't think I should lose to this guy. And then you start losing, and that's where you crumble. You have to have confidence in your abilities. Like, I... And I, you have to, like, say it in, like, a way that's not so much, like, ego. I think ego can be bad. Hel- there's such a thing as a healthy ego, I think. But, like, that pretty much just translates to confidence, I feel. So, like, if let's say I'm going to play 
a Peach player, I just think to myself, not that I shouldn't lose to this guy, but I think to myself, this guy's going to have to work really fucking hard if he wants to beat me. Because I think I'm super fucking good versus Peach. And if, let's say, I do, like, a crazy... Let's say it turns out this Peach was number one somewhere, they're amazing, and I three I double three-socked him, right? Let's say, whether I knew that or I didn't, that's not something that is relevant to me, because the only thing that's on my mind is, I think I'm amazing at this matchup. And if this guy proves to me that at any point he can defeat me, like, I'm at risk of losing, I'm just going to try even harder. Like, I, I have, like, a... Like a cert, like a kind of uh, a general level. I still think it's pretty good. It's not to sandbag. It's just to save energy for like the true, actual difficulty. If that makes sense. So, I'm gonna try hard, and then if let's say this player pushes me to the edge, somehow, some way, I will find a way to try even harder. Like I'm already trying hard. I don't sleep on anybody. And then if at any point, like just i'm on the verge of being what's considered an upset it's like i was already trying really hard right it doesn't make sense to try even like how much harder could you possibly try but i just find a way if that makes any sense at all i just find a way to like somehow try even harder and like i just think that like there's so much that can hold people back like uh maybe i'm not that good or or maybe, like, they do think they're that good. Like, I think I'm amazing. I should be beating these guys. But expectations of any sort is just not just how, like, competitive things work, but that's just not how Melee works either. Because that game is, like, just the super love-hate relationship. Like, sometimes you're playing super amazing, sometimes you're not. If it doesn't go your way, it's a really frustrating game. Yeah. And so that's just kind of, like, another flow state type thing but there's pieces to it and i think that's like a part of the equation is to pretty much always do your best but believe in your abilities not just your abilities but you like in yourself i i guess it kind of pretty much is the same thing but what you can do what you can make the character do is one thing but i think like uh the potential is there. You just got to find it. Yeah. I think a lot of people get caught up in the whole game of uh, seeding and ranking and PRs and these kind of arbitrary um, definitions of skill that are outdated 12 hours after they're posted. And um, I totally agree that, like, you have to have this balance of ego and humility. But realistically, what people try to do is just circumvent all of that and assign themselves this like arbitrary value and and yeah and give themselves like just like their own this own like cloud of like yeah I'm I'm capable of this it's a it's a bit of entitlement in a sense it's a bit yes. of yeah bit of delusion but mm -hmm. um I think the best melee is played when people do the mental work of being really, really self-aware and being um, able to kind of admit their faults and and, yes, yes. and go along with kind of who they are in a sense. Yes. Um, so on that on that note, um, what are some 
some like deliberate changes you've made either to your gameplay or your mindset um do you think that there's any changes that you've made along the way that have really contributed to your growth as a player and your like recent results yeah so uh just like anything we have bad habits and to get better at a game like melee you gotta get rid of those bad habits and how do you get rid of bad habits that's the definition of easier said than done because yeah. habits you know they're habits they're like what we are conditioned to do and uh not just in the game like what we see with our own eyes but what we are subconsciously doing if let's say you're just trying to get down versus mark and you just want to get down like sometimes you don't even like notice it but your hands like force you to try to get down but then you just get up it again that's a lack of discipline that you got to work on for example and that stuff's hard to do because like those situations happen lack of discipline happens and it occurs like very commonly in pretty much all human beings because you're trying to control something that your mind is telling you to do but you don't want to do it you're basically fighting your instincts that's hard to do mm-hmm. but what makes human beings what puts us on top like over like obviously it's not just our intelligence but it's our ability to adapt being able to adapt and force change where it is most necessary and sometimes not even necessary because we don't need to really do any of this to survive per se but we are using this survival trait on something we want to get better at because we desire to mm-hmm. and you choose to do this because you can and you will that's like kind of how i think of it if let's say let me try and think of an example like that Marth scenario is like a super common one for floaties like you know you want to force your way down you get mad like i can't get down Marth's this or that but then like suddenly it's a brand new world when you realize oh wait i could mix in this i could mix in that i just have to not force my way in and like if you take your time and do this and that then and this goes both ways not because people like to say that the most common thing i hear is oh yeah he's really patient it's like uh is that really the right word though i think there's a difference between patience and discipline no or i think they're in the same level but uh you can be patient but uh that's more of like its own skill set i feel i feel discipline it's his, it's his own thing because you being patient is kind of just accepting that the game is going to run for like a long time. But being disciplined is like understanding that if you let your mind take over, then you're just going to get wrecked because your mind wants to do not the smartest things. And that's why the higher level you get, the more you understand this, the more mental energy is being waste is being used up. So you might find yourself the more high-level melee you play, the faster you're starting to get tired because a lot more, like, uh, energy is being used to, like, comprehend and, like, kind of just fluctuate all of this. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. it costs energy to, like, think about every single scenario. And it's a lot of mental energy. It's it's really tiring. Like, I, whenever I play uh, played a set, like, I played versus Hostile God or something, you wake up at, not wake up, you get, I get up. And then, like, my back fucking hurts because, like, I don't know how to explain it. It just feels like I used so much energy that I didn't, and I was concentrating it on 
this game that I didn't notice that my back was fucked. I was like it's sitting in like not the best posture or whatever. Right. So that all kind of hits you afterward, right? Because there are low key little physical. You can feel it, like the amount that you're you're wasting, the amount of energy you're wasting to like be disciplined, be patient, do this or that. But it's all something. It's all stuff you have to work on. It's all stuff that can be practiced. That's the most important. Another really important one is that it can be practiced. Is that uh, none of this happens overnight. These are all things that you have to identify and you have to understand them because it's one thing to identify a problem. It's another to not have a concrete answer to them. It's a lot of how melee works really is that you look at a scenario and while you understand why you're losing the scenario, how do I win it? Well, you can figure out how to win it, but then if you figure out how to win it, now your opponent, you have to also understand how you, maybe your opponent can counterplay the way that you're originally trying to win that and all this thinking and all of this just kind of like it might lead to even more scenarios that just might make even you might have to work even harder on your habits and this or that but that's uh that's the long answer to it but the short answer is pretty much just you gotta find your own your weaknesses your personal weaknesses and think to yourself, how would I exploit myself? Because you know yourself better than anybody. Yeah. Like, figure out yourself, how you would exploit yourself, and then figure out how to outplay yourself. How would you find an answer to pretty much what is, like, your kryptonite? Which sounds hard, but you gotta, like, just work on it and make it happen and practice it yeah oh it's definitely hard um it's uh, it comes back to that humility thing right like yeah it's difficult to even acknowledge in the first place that mm -hmm. you might have these giant flaws and then it's another thing to um admit it to the point where you have to fix it yeah and that really reminds me a lot like when you were talking i started to interpret what you were saying in, in a wider sense in, in this more macro sense of you know, how I treat melee on a week-to-week -week basis and then how I kind of live my life. Um, I, I feel like I do that a lot, actually, with melee, where I take lessons from it into my day-to-day. -day, and um, I think, you know, after, what is it, five, five and a half, six years now of playing, uh, at least at a competitive level, it's been... Um, I feel like it's kind of shaped me into a type of person... Um, that 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 kind of adapts and and thinks of things in a different way. Yeah. Uh, because of the game, and I'm I'm really interested to see how how it affects you too. Because as I said before, again as a compliment, you have an emotional connection and an intensity that you bring to this game, and I'm wondering how that has affected your life, and in what ways have you noticed that? Yeah. Um. So it's, like, definitely super interesting because I definitely, yeah, like, uh, I feel not just smarter and more aware of, like, my personal life, like, socially with people. Like, I think I'm really, I'm a really good person to talk to, like, just, like, about anything. Like, if you have, like, an issue or, like, problem solving. But I think it's also really good for, like, your studies, like, because, you know, I figured out, like, better ways to like study for my classes and tests 
how to not freak out during a test. Like I literally, when I started taking, going back to school and taking tests and stuff, I pretty much just saw it as like bracket and I would never like, I don't know, like I would, like if I didn't remember something, I would jokingly be like, oh, I'm choking. But then like, you know, uh, you get so good at practicing these habits, these like uh, habit tra training exercises that you don't even realize that it's so helpful and beneficial to other things in life. Not just at succeeding at like the most common stuff like school and whatnot, but also like succeeding like in your social life, your personal life. Like you can find solutions to social situations that most people might not even think about. You have this ability to kind of take a step back and really like, uh, what's the word? Debate a problem or like, cons like under construct a problem or deconstruct like an issue or something. Right. Like there's just this kind of like problem solving skill that I feel has developed like so, so crazily. And I think that's the key one is problem solving because I see Melee as the fastest puzzle game of all time. It's just like, huh. That's kind of how I view the game. It's just like you're pretty much just problem solving nonstop. And you can pretty much relate that to anything in life. And it's just is this super uh, overall, like, it, it just comes full circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what's funny? Um, Tiramisu said something very similar about the puzzle. He has, he has a, a similar mindset where he feels like he treats Melee like the biggest memory um, test in the world. Where everything can kind of be committed to memory and, and figured out in a sense. And yeah. um, if that's like, that seems like kind of a lousy metaphor for life because obviously you can't like just memorize things. But yeah. uh, really like... In the, in the case of learning things and absorbing information and just exposing yourself to uh, to challenges and all that, like, Melee's been such a positive force in, in my, you know, in, in how I build habits and how I train and improve yeah. anything I do and how I, um, the big thing for me, and we said it before, was is the patience thing. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like when I've played for a long time, well, now that I have played for a long time, it's become way easier to contextualize my experience um let's just say with my day job so i've been there i'm coming up on two years yeah. at this job and um sometimes i'll think like you know two years i should be here and then i realize that like that's one of the biggest mistakes of melee players right is like mm -hmm. i've put in this amount of time this should be where you know yes. the results i'm getting yes. should of course uh -huh. you know this should be how much money i'm making for my job but realistically mm -hmm. Um, when you actually look into these things um, and through the scope of a, of a competitive melee player, it's it's so so much easier to be like, no, there is no set outcome. It's like yeah. everything everything is what you put into it. And um, it's just really it's really nice like seeing how it's affected other people in this positive way and probably why, the people that have played for so long and, and just like the retention rate of melee, I think is actually incredible yeah. for a game with literally no money. Yeah. Um, it's actually really um, inspiring 
to see all these other yeah. players put For that sure. time in and, and get that same value out of it. Um, so we're coming up on uh, just near the end, and mm -hmm. there's usually a question um, that I ask every person, um, and it, it gives me insight into kind of how they, they treat the game. So here's your scenario. You are... Uh, you meet a player that, let's say they play Samus, and mm -hmm. they've been playing for one year. So they got, like, wave dashing, hail canceling, basics, basics, right? Okay. How would you train this person, and what would be your philosophy to make sure that they have the most I'm – I'm trying to put this as broadly as possible – that they have the best melee experience I see. possible? That could be success. That could be happiness. That just you love this person. They played for a year. They want to keep playing, and you're coaching them. What do you okay. say? Mm. The best melee experience. This is to get better, or uh, somehow you want me to answer this overall? I want to keep it general because I want to see kind of where your head is at for what that means. Mm. Best melee experience. So when I answer a question like this, I put myself in their shoes. And to keep it general, because maybe some people desire their own different things, I think if you want the best melee experience, you shouldn't be afraid to put yourself out there. And you shouldn't be afraid to experiment, like, anything and everything in the game. Because, I, as I said before, it's the fastest puzzle game of all time. Once you understand the physics of Melee, possibilities are literally just endless. You can mm -hmm. come up with so many things. So that's pretty much how I would like say it. And uh, if you want the best ex Melee experience, just honestly don't let... Don't even do your best to not overthink anything and just kind of go put yourself out there and go to... If you want, like, go... What, you know, it really depends on what the person wants. I recommend, like, if you're able to, go to as many events as possible, make friends, gain the, the desired experience. And uh, if you also want to get better in the process, uh, you should, like, uh, work on, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to make sure you're practicing the right things. And I think that should be, like, stapled, like, or, like, just glued super glued like on their shirt or something like forever <laughs> because every single time i feel like this like always every single time i feel like i hit a wall even for just like a, a few weeks or something i would always ask myself am i practicing the right areas and that in my opinion at least is the question that leads to all the questions that once they're answered, this is how you get good at Melee. Because it really is that. Like, there's all these crazy things in Melee. There's so, so much to know. But I think if you tell a noob, at least... When I say noob, I mean, like, new. A lot literally, like, new, like bad or something. <laughs> if you tell a noob, like... Make sure you're practicing the right areas. That might mean something to someone else. And that's, like, you know, the topic of talent itself is, like, its own thing. But I feel like if you tell that to a certain individual versus another, they might get just get that right there. And if they get that, then they know how to get better. Maybe if you explain it to them, it'll help. But just that concept on its own, 
remember to practice in the right areas. Just that was enough to get me so, 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 so far. Every single time something challenging came, I just dissected the area that needed the most work, and that's where I got better. Word. Swoops, look, this was a very enlightening chat. I'm so, so happy I got to have you on, and you have me on, I guess, your stream. Yeah, that's true. Um, this was... That was cool. This was a really good opportunity to catch up, to get some insight into your mind, and um, just thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was really dope. Let me know once this is uploaded, so I'll, I'll share it around. Hell yeah. See you later, man. That's dope, bro. Have a good night, bro. Take care.